Live from the booth at Pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! Welcome back, pals. You're tuned in to episode three of the Riverdale Review, the pals' weekly Riverdale Review show, as I'm sure you can tell from the title. <laughs> uh, I'm here joined with two brand new voices on the show, kind of. So we've got Kale uh, back after his long absence uh, during his move to New Zealand. Welcome back, Kale. Oh, thank you. I live in New Zealand now. I think I can see someone swimming in the ocean. <laughs> that's that's probably a truth fact because the view from your home is beautiful. It's very beautiful. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And then joining us here in the booth, we've we've also got my dear friend, Mr. Jeremy Rodriguez. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited. I'm even missing an episode of The Bachelorette for this. So. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, you can tell this is very important for me right now. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, so for for, uh, the listeners at home, can you just, uh, you know, plug yourself real quick? Who are you? What do you do? I am a staff writer for the Philadelphia Gay News, which is a media outlet which publishes news relating to the LGBT community in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. Awesome. And um, so how long have you been with the organization? It'll be a year next month, actually. So very excited about that. I'm probably going to write a sentimental Facebook status celebrating that. Oh, Nice. Yeah, I actually started awesome. working there the same week Trump was elected. So, yeah, I've had a pretty Ooh. interesting tenure in this past year. So, must have been a good time. <laughs> yeah, so I am I'm so excited to have you on the show, Jeremy, because uh, we go way back. Jeremy was a bit of a mentor to me in college. Oh, um, so we've been buddies for a long time. Oh, no, it's true. Um, so I am so happy to have him on the show this week, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. So the way that we always do this is uh, we like to kind of give our spoiler-free thoughts on the episode before we get into our spoiler-full discussion, uh, where we're gonna go through you know every little detail in the episode. So um, Jeremy, since you're our guest, why don't you start us off and just tell us what were your thoughts on this episode uh, without spoiling too much about the plot? Without spoiling too much. Well, I used to really love Betty, but now Betty fucking <laughs> sucks. this was just not a good betty episode i didn't feel like it was um i just felt like there was lots of like you know very problematic um scenes she had with kevin specifically and just that entire storyline really bothered me that's my spoiler free thought all right well we'll get into all that (laughs) in the nitty-gritty of it but uh, okay what'd you think about the episode for me so i i I watched the episode last week, and because of various recording issues, we're we're getting to the episode uh, uh, almost a week later for me, anyway. Uh, so I read a, a a recap as I'm famed to do, uh, and this one the uh, the title for this recap is called "Lil Crime Stoppers," <laughs> and uh, I've, I've, th- that's such a an apt title for this show. Riverdale, Lil Crime Stoppers. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Uh, Basically what it is at this point. <laughs> I, 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 fa- I also found my myself uh, very frustrated by Betty during her scenes with Kevin. Um, I wasn't sure how to feel about Kevin this episode, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, I was because just glad the- he finally got some screen time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was really pumped to see because this season he's been, like, he's been really good for the most part. In he wasn't in the last episode, so yeah, he was real good in that one. I still feel like he's always been in the background though, and I just definitely feel like he needs some more screen time. 
because mm. this episode was not one of his best either. I will admit that as well. Okay, okay. So I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not too far off, off base. Then I, I, it doesn't sound like. Uh, but yeah, I found myself really frustrated with both Betty and uh, I almost said Jughead. Uh, <laughs> Betty, uh, Betty and Kevin. I'm um, never frustrated with Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, um, wait, I was about to get into spoiler territory. Oh, save God. it. <laughs> I'll save it for later. <laughs> and then just Archie's whole thing this episode was just off the wall. Oh my God, I loved it though. Um, that's I think to me like my highlight or I, my like spoiler free thoughts on on this episode is that like mm. I love that this season has just been a war of escalation. I feel like every yeah. episode I'm just like, yeah. oh, wow, that was such a crazy way to end it. And then the, the next episode has just always ended in a way that feels more and more extreme, you know? Um, yep. And this episode was no different. Uh, I felt like there were too many um, pop culture references, specifically with the whole red circle aspect, which I felt like it worked in this universe. But mm. I felt like from an outsider's perspective, it was a little bit weird. But we think to get into that a little bit later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, and I think that's that's probably a good signifier to jump over to the spoiler full discussion. So if you yeah, haven't I... seen the episode yet for some reason, now's your chance to bounce out before we spoil it. Otherwise, stick around and we'll talk you through it. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to kind of just, you know, there's a lot to get through this episode, so let's just kind of take it in, you know, semi-chronological order. We'll jump around a little bit. But um, so obviously, you know, Kevin got a lot of attention this episode for the first time this season. About and time. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Kevin was promoted from a um, reoccurring character to a main cast member this season. So um, given the oh. fact that we have so many more episodes this season than we did last season, I'm sure that this uh, plot, you know, between him and Betty uh, is going to continue to probably... Mm be a major theme this season and we'll see a lot more of him but this was the first time we'd gotten time with kevin in quite some time um so you know he's uh we, we see him kind of back in this habit that we saw once in season one of him uh going to the woods uh to you know to meet with uh men for some hot makeout sessions and um oh, i don't you know, think he... that's all i did but <laughs> well <laughs> That's for sure, but that's what we saw because this is the cable TV, unfortunately. <laughs> I did I did think it was funny that uh, the guy that he met in the first scene, like, they had, like, matching tank tops. I was like, is this, like, is this the official, like, uniform of meeting up in the woods for makeout sessions? Among other things. I mean, I can relate to that. That's how, like, you know, I always find potential partners. I find a guy who was wearing a matching tank top, and then we just sort of go out in the woods. So, you know, <laughs> it's very relatable to me, personally. <laughs> but I just, you know, maybe that's it. I'm too much of a slob to to be able to do it, I guess. <laughs> no, you just, you'd be a bear, Kale. <laughs> yeah, but... You have to put on like a couple pounds, but... <laughs> I've, got, I've got so much, so much of my own style going on that I just don't think... I would just be alone, I think. <laughs> Couldn't find another male quite as fashionable. Uh, alone, um, alone, alone wolf. Is that a thing? I feel like that's a thing. <laughs> it is now. Didn't they mention, didn't um, Chuck had mentioned that in his narration actually about being a, the lone wolf or something to do with wolves or something? Something like that. I yeah, forgot usually, what he said, but <laughs> usually I write down Jughead's notes and I forgot. <laughs> But it was something like that, that, you know, there was, there's a danger to being a lone wolf, I think. 
Um, but anyway, so Kevin comes upon the murder scene of Moose and Midge, or, you know, what we thought was a murder scene. Um, but, you know, thankfully for Olivia's sake, uh, they all made it through. Mm. So, um, what did you guys, you know, what did you guys think about that? Like, did you come away from that, that attack in the previous episode thinking that they were both dead? Or did you think that we were going to end up seeing that they had pulled through? I thought it would have been interesting if they died, but I understood they probably weren't going to kill Moose right away because of his unresolved storylines with Kevin. At least I feel like, sure. <laughs> at least I feel like that was the direction they were going in. So if any, that I thought Moose was going to be safe, but then again, I know Mitch was also a new character as well. So they probably weren't going to get rid of her right away either. Right, yeah, like, they had just introduced her that same episode, you know? Yeah. Well, but that's, I mean, that that's the lost treatment. You get those, you get those randos speaking up and doing just little weird things, and it's like, oh, they're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I, I kind of, like, followed the gold rule of television, which is just, like, if you don't see the body, they're probably still alive. So, yeah. I, I was definitely thinking that they were gonna make it out, I think, but... Um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised to see that, like, Kevin just, like, literally came, like, right up on it, you know, like, th- mm. like, he must have, you know, he's not a hundred feet away from the Black Hood who, like, walking away as she gets out of the car and runs away, you know, so, right. like, that was a little crazy. Um, so, we get kind of, you know, the follow-up on what's been going on with Veronica and the kind of, like, battle that she's in with her parents right now you know like it seems like she wants to play ball with her parents even though she knows that there's still some dishonesty going on here um but like based on her talk with with the gang you know it does seem like she's sincere in her desire to give her father a chance to be her father you know um or at least that was my read on it what do you guys think for me it felt a little too earnest in between episode two and three you know, like mm-hmm. she, we left episode two with her feeling like, oh, there's definitely something still going on here. That was my impression too, yeah. And then episode three, it was like, oh yeah, but my dad. I was like, Veronica, what happened? <laughs> I actually had the same exact few thoughts. Like, I thought it was weird that she was just like, she's going back and forth. It seems like, you know, one minute she's like, oh, she's like, oh, daddy, you suck. Now she's like, oh, daddy, you're great. Like, you know, let's be yeah. friends now. And I want you to int- yeah. I want to introduce you to my boyfriends and everything's going to be great. <laughs> Part of me feels like she's also maybe trying to leverage their relationship for a little bit more power in her family. Yeah. You know, the way that she is obviously still clashing with her mother um, who I I am having such a hard time reading this episode. Boy, I, I it, excuse the expression. I feel like she took a real heel turn this this uh, <laughs> this episode. I mean, she was an absolute bitch at their dinner yeah. later on. But yeah. like, it, it's like more like I feel like she's in Hiram's corner, but that she seems increasingly like afraid of him. Like, not for bad reason, maybe, but. Well, and and that's that's kind of the thing is like through the first season, we're led to believe that even despite her relationship with Hiram and their marriage and all of the problems in the, in, in their marriage, she and Veronica are supposed to be best friends. And right. it's like, you know, 
uh, you know, it's supposed to be uh, rich Gilmore girls. And it's, (laughs) you know. Good comparison. uh, And now it's like, now it's like she might as well be. I don't have one for this one. Uh, you know, you kill, just, with the, you kill it with the Gilmore Girls analogy, and then you just <laughs> drop the ball. They, she just, they were at each other's throats just through the whole episode. Which I mean, that's been building for a while. So, like, yeah, not- for sure. It's just like it, it, it felt just that whole thing feels very um, intense and intense all of a sudden. I think. I yeah. see. I I disagree with that just because I feel like ever since she f- had the realization that her mother was not being honest with her, I mm. feel like there's been a clear like division between them. You know, and like we've already had a lot of really tense moments between them. Like that whole moment uh, in the first episode of this season wh- where they're in like the church, and you know, Hermione basically tells her to like mm. get back in line. You know, like I feel like after that anything is on the table in terms of them really being at odds you know well yeah and even even veronica selling her out to to hiram i'm sure uh you know with the the letter right um, mm. I'm, sh- I'm sure i forgot about that plot line that really uh chat chap no i'm not gonna mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh it, it really like chapter hide you know <laughs> yes i just love that hermione is finally getting a chance to showcase some of her sass I'm enjoying that. <laughs> sure. She's definitely emerging as one of the more, like, <sighs> enjoyable antagonists. Because yeah. she's definitely, like, she's a bit of a monster. <laughs> I, th- I feel like she's she's kind of coming around to, like, the, the Alice Cooper, yeah, you know, level of villain yeah, for this I season, I think. Because she was definitely on the cool side in season one, and now she's yeah. definitely just like, oh no, screw Hermione. She's a, she's she's such yeah. a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I felt like in season one, it was just like, oh, she's like she's like a cool mom. Like, yeah, she can be a best friend. But then, like, now it's like a complete 180, and I'm enjoying seeing her yeah. development from there. Yeah, the claws are out, and, like, her and Veronica, like, having heat is, like, so great it's definitely like one of the more entertaining storylines this season i just want to see like a cat fight erupt it's like you know like you know classic soapy like you know veronica slapping <laughs> veronica slapping hermione in the face like you know knocking her into a pool like i want to see all of that i want to see dynasty level stuff right here <laughs> i honestly I yeah i was gonna I say i happens. honestly don't think that's off the table at all yeah you know like knowing riverdale like that seems like totally legitimate if anything even if it doesn't happen like you know in the regular universe it'll probably happen in a dream sequence or something (laughs) something yeah yeah um so and then uh taking it over to jughead you know we see jughead hanging out at riverdale high in the beginning of the episode even though he's supposed to be at school in Southside, which i thought was weird like, did anybody else question that timeline where it's like, how are you here? And then you're going to go all the way to this other high school before it even opened. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering that too, yeah. <laughs> Betty was like, it's like, oh, do you really have to go to another school? And I'm like, how's he getting there so quickly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's probably not that far. Like, it's the, it's only like the other side of town, I guess, right? And he has his motorcycle. But like, I don't know. I thought that was weird. <laughs> I, I completely forgot about that part of the storyline. 
that he has to go like, to this uh, other high school yeah, and has yeah, like yeah. a foster family that we haven't met because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they've totally ignored it and we don't even know who the foster family That's is. That's right, we have yet yeah. to meet them. Shit. They're literally just like, yeah, no, I have a foster family, but they're totally gonna let me live in a trailer and lie to the cops for me. It's like, why? Yeah. Like <laughs> It's like why why doesn't he just if they're gonna lie to the cops for him, why why doesn't he just stay at Riverdale? Like it doesn't Yeah. I don't know. I don't it know seems if they, maybe it's a city mandated thing or Also, how big is this town? The fact that it could have two high schools in the same like vicinity. Mine my, my my town had five. So oh, really? Yeah, my hometown yeah. had three high schools. Oh wow. So, okay. Well yeah. <laughs> maybe other places are different, but like I don't know. I felt like Riverdale always gave off like a small town vibe that, you know. I just imagine, like, oh, there's one diner that everybody goes to, or oh, there's one high school that everybody goes to, like. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, even even still, I I went uh, to high school like the beginning of my high school years in uh, uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, and there are there are there's the regular high school, and then there's like the Catholic high school. Okay. All so, right. like, I mean, even in a teeny tiny town, you know, there's bound to be at least one more high school yeah i mean it, it, it's funny because it feels a lot like my hometown where there was like like i said there was three high schools and one of them was like all middle class kids one of them was mostly upper class kids and then one of them was like my area of town which was upper class middle class and then the shittiest part of tom's river which is called south tom's river where it was mm. like basically like you know all lower income people and stuff like that so it seems like you know, that's kind of like the oh, this is the rough side of towns high school, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like basically looks like a fucking prison. Um like, yeah. <laughs> and like there's like the gangs of fucking Southside High where it's like, you gotta roll with the right click or they're gonna make you their bitch. Like <laughs> well, yeah, and they're just doing just just doing the jingle jangle in the hallway. Just Just yeah, blatantly <laughs> taking drugs in the middle of the fucking <laughs> like hallway so that's good oh the jingle jangle <laughs> um so yeah well, well, let's let's jump ahead a little bit and talk about some of the stuff we saw there right so we did get a little bit more talk about you know the jingle jangle which is a highly addictive total gutter drug and it's a pixie uh, stick <laughs> yeah right um so uh, you know we we learned about this from a new character who's introduced, Tony Topaz, who is another character from the comics, uh, who seems to, you know, maybe be creating some trouble in Bughead Paradise, which makes me very upset. <laughs> yeah, something's gonna happen there. Yeah. Yeah, like definitely. I mean, she's a serpent, you know, she's clearly Jughead's like new friend in this new world there's they're working together on this newspaper there's definite sexual tension there she's fucking helping him lie to betty like if yeah if we if we don't see a a betty archie hookup this season we'll see a jughead tony topaz hookup for sure oh totally all of that makes me so upset (laughs) how many teen soaps have you watched Pete? like this is like a regular show I know! I don't watch them and I can't handle it! (laughs) (laughs) That's actually how I personally got into Riverdale. I wish I could say something, like, really fancy. Like, oh, like, I love the Archie comics since the very beginning. I loved it since I was a child. But no, I'm just (laughs) like, I love trashy teen TV. And this is why I wanted to watch Riverdale. (laughs) 
I mean, to be fair, I, like, I, Kale, I think you had read some Archie comics before this, right? I had started, yeah, with the uh, with the the Mark Wade Fiona Staples reboot, right? And like, I only picked that stuff up because I got into Riverdale. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so you know, there's there's some more drama with Jughead and the Serpents. You know, we we see him like trying to kind of avoid hanging out with them, and that obviously doesn't go so well. Uh, <laughs> so. I feel like, you know, we've been talking about it on the show over the last few episodes where, like, you know, I feel like Jughead isn't kind of increasingly getting pushed into that world despite wanting mm. to kind of be in that world when it's useful for him, but otherwise yeah. kind of sever himself from it. So what do you guys think about that? Do you What do you think is going to ultimately be the, the fallout of him kind of weaving himself in with this crowd of serpent kids? I think I think he'll probably uh end up like someone's gonna get hurt. I think I think it was uh I think it was Olivia last episode said that uh like Archie's not gonna like wake up and realize what's going on until he hurts someone. I think something similar is gonna happen to Jughead and he and like someone's gonna get hurt and he's gonna go, Oh shit, I, I have to get out like or uh, honestly he could end up in jail like you know yeah i agree yeah. i think there's probably just going to be like a breaking point and that's probably what's going to cause him to break up with betty mm. you know then he might get closer to tony it'll just be like this big chain reaction then you know eventually hopefully maybe he'll go back to betty <laughs> no, no doing this for fan service for you <laughs> I really hope they get back together if anything bad happens. Don't don't toy with me like that, Jerry. I'm not a I'm not a hardcore bughead shipper, I will admit to you. I definitely am. I, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm personally a fan of I kinda wanna see Jughead become asexual, but you yeah. know. I, I can take what I can get. You know? I feel like I feel like that would definitely be out of turn at this point. You know, like, I feel like if, if that is how they had, cause like, that's how the characters portrayed in the comics, right? If that's how they had portrayed him from the beginning, that could have been cool. But I feel like having that turn now would definitely feel like, um, I feel like a little like tokenism-y. Right. You know, of like. I remember you saying that in the, in one of the previous episodes, but like, I, I feel like I have to disagree because I mean, granted, I'm not asexual. I don't know what it's mm. like to identify like that, but I feel like there has to be some sort of mode of self-discovery. Like, you know, who knows? Like, maybe yeah. he, maybe he's, yeah. like, making out with Betty and he thinks that he's really into it, but really, he's not. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like it hasn't been portrayed that way. You know, so I feel like to try and, like, retroactively color those interactions that way, I feel like... But also, but yeah. also, we've been a little busy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what with... The murder of Jason Blossom and the Black Hood and bit, yeah. the Serpents and, you know, they've really only had, like, one super hot exchange, right? Well, I mean, it depends on what you, you know, I, I feel uh, like it's just you know what like... I, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, no, like, I do know what you mean, right? Like, they've only had, like, one super, like, um, like, fan servicey moment, right? Yeah. But, like, yeah. their relationship has, like, a lot of, like, intimacy and, like, tenderness, which is right. just a thing that, like, but, is not... But what if Jughead just thinks that that's, like, a natural progression? All right, enough, enough, of, your, enough of your fan fiction, Jeremy. I, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, like, for instance, 
like when I was, you know, when I was younger, like, you know, I used to think that I liked girls and like, you know, whenever like, you know, I was, I was never like intimate with girls or anything like that. But like, you know, whenever I was about to, like, I used to think like, oh, like, you know, I like this, you know, oh, I must be straight or I must be bisexual. But the end of the day, I had to find out like years later, like, no, that's not the case. I'm definitely very, very gay. So <laughs> I'm thinking there has to be some sort of mode of like self-discovery that maybe Chughead just needs to go through. But who knows? And, and also, and also, you know, we're saying he, he, he might be asexual. That doesn't mean he's aromantic. That's true know? too, actually. That's a very good point. He may still be into the intimacy and the connection. Yeah. Just, he may just not be into sex. Pete is looking at us like I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I will not. I will not. I will not tolerate this kind of talk on my show about Bughead. All right, guys. <laughs> I want representation, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I don't want. Well, whatever. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, be real careful with your next sentence. No, I you know I'm, I think my argument's very woke. I want representation, just not tokenism. Okay, guys. <laughs> I gotcha. So, <laughs> <laughs> respect, respect. <laughs> um. All right. So to 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 step it back a little bit. Um. So to take it back to what's going on, you know, with with Kevin, right? We get a scene early on in the episode where you know Betty knows what's going on with him, right? And she confronts him and and gets a little judgy about his you know so called night runs. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl finds out, which is a thing that you would assume would be bad, you know, that she would, like, twist the knife, but I actually feel like she gave Betty some, like, decent advice, despite the fact that she did, like, stoke the flame of their conflict. Uh I love Cheryl's reaction. Like, I even, like, wrote down the quote. She says, Kevin wants validation, connection, even if he has to fight in the woods, even with a killer on the loose, even if you don't approve. I was just like, oh, Cheryl, I love you! (laughs) We need to be best friends! I love love Cheryl. (laughs) I did hate her last season, I will admit. Like, I just didn't think she was, like, very redeeming. But, like, I don't know. She just became, like, one of those, like, fabulous gay icons, for lack of better words. <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, she just, she's a character I just love. I love to hate and love to love, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. And I think, yeah. like, that's that's what works for her. She definitely always steals the scene, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because um, I think the funniest thing, right, is, like, if you look at the amount of screen time she got in episode one, it's not... Or even in this episode, it's not that much more than what Kevin got. It's just like mm. she's so it's always so fucking show stopping when she shows up. Yeah. And the show's yeah. so dramatic about like making a thing of like her being involved in anything. And I love it. Well, you know, and if it's not if it's not her, it's her clothes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Like that, that girl has some looks. Her outfits are ridiculous and I love them. <laughs> That fucking like she, white dress that she wears in the first episode is just too fucking much. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the or like the uh, the red thigh high she wears at Pop's chocolate shop. Yeah, <laughs> girl, what? <laughs> it's epic. I love her. Her and Veronica, I like their style. We should just have a pod- oh, yeah. We should just have a podcast about Riverdale style, just in general, Riverdale Yo, fashion. I, we're t- we're t- we talk about it every week. Let's. <laughs> I, I, I would be on that show in a this heartbeat. Is part of the Riverdale fashion segment, or <laughs> <laughs> the Riverdale fashion review. Is it... <laughs> this is Jer- this is Jeremy Rodriguez, our fashion consultant. <laughs> <laughs> so every time that Cheryl has an outrageous outfit, we're gonna have to have you back on the show. And uh... <laughs> yes, <laughs> deal. I'm on. <laughs>
Um, all right, so let's let's jump into Kevin's stuff because I feel like this is this is definitely a, a good entry point for it. I think, right? So Cheryl kind of forces this conflict between uh, between him and Betty, where you know Betty kind of gets Kevin to half heartedly promise to not go back out in the woods um, because she's concerned about him, but it's also clearly kind of coming from like a place of judgment, you know, and, um, she says to him when they do finally confront him, you know, I want you to have more respect for yourself than this. That line, very triggering for me. I'm going to let you finish your piece. (laughs) No, I mean, I, I honestly, I think this would be a good place for, for you to take over because I think really like Kevin goes into, you know, kind of a little monologue that I think is just some real talk about the struggle he faces as, you know, just, uh, a gay kid trying to like find a connection in a small town mm-hmm. you know well and yeah what what we believe is so far like other than i guess joaquin who was confirmed uh the only gay kid in town well and you know moose is obviously closeted yeah only openly gay kid we should say <laughs> yeah. Con- confirmed right, yeah sure um, but I, I thought the, the one line that he, that he said that really st- stood out to me was that he said, you act like we have the same options. Mm. And that is, and I thought that was true. really powerful. Yeah. That is very true in high school. Like I can relate to Kevin in that sense. Like, you know, cause you know, at once, at one point in time, I was like, you know, that like little short fat kid who like, you know, didn't get attention from people and there weren't many options. And then like, you know, I found that like later in life, granted it didn't happen when I was a teenager. It happened like in my early twenties, like, you know, eventually like when people started paying attention to me, I got into that like particular mindset where I was just like, okay, like, let's go for it. Like, you know, I don't know if that's too much innuendo. I don't know if I want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did, you opened it up. So here we go. Whatever. You can keep it in. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, you know, when Betty said, like, I want, well, first off, I think it's great that Betty was, like, being a good friend to him, saying, like, hey, there's a killer on the loose. Like, you know, I don't want. Yeah, like, her concern comes from a good place. Yeah, I don't want you to get hurt. And I felt like, okay, that's really good. That's really good of you, Betty. Like, but that one particular line where she says, I want you to have more respect for yourself than this. That line messed me up because, like, okay, so what are you, um, what are you mad about, Betty? Are you mad about the fact that, like, you know, oh, he's going out and there's a killer on a loose? Or are you mad about the fact that he's making out, possibly doing more with, you know, strange men in the woods? So I think it's, I think it's both. You know, I think, I think that she is concerned for him. And I think, you know, I, I certainly don't like the way that she says it, but I definitely get where her concern is coming from, you right. know? And I, I don't, I don't think that, um, if this was, you know, if Veronica was doing the same thing, I don't think that she would approve of that either. You know, I think this is Betty, like being conservative Betty, you know, and, um, judging him, you know, and coming, coming at him in a, in a very judgmental way and not really considering his position, you know? Mm. Definitely. But also toward can we skip to the ends or Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah, can yeah. we can totally we'll go we'll go full in on the Kevin uh the Kevin conversation here. Okay, cool. Well, first off, like you know, when he got into that car during that dream sequence and he got stabbed, I was like, Oh no, Riverdale, do not bury your gaze like all the other TV shows <laughs> out there. That, Please yeah. do not fucking do it. Okay. That terrified me. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I as soon as he got like stabbed, I was like 
my heart dropped, but I was like, he'll be fine. They're not going to kill him. He'll be fine. <laughs> Moose got shot and he's alive. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I saw outside, like, the sexuality aspect of it because I went, well, yeah, of course, you idiot. You get in the car with the stranger in the forest. Fuck, Kevin. Come on. Yes, seriously. <laughs> that is so dangerous. But I don't know. I just felt like, you know, like, Kevin... Maybe Kevin just realized, like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, that's not a smart decision to get in a car with a stranger. But mm. I don't know. I felt like in the context of everything that was going on with Betty, I felt like he was essentially getting punished for essentially, I don't want to say being a slut, but I want to say, yeah, punished for being a slut in the woods. Mm. And Well, and that's, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, go ahead. I know uh, Cole Sprouse has said that uh, this season will be a lot more uh, horror genre than murder mystery so that perfectly fits that you know Uh, scenario you got the horny teen out in the woods who gets killed that's a good point so but yeah who's being demonized for his sexuality and i I think you know honestly i think you're you're right that that's what's happening but i i actually kind of think it's positive because one of the things i really like about kevin and how he's portrayed in the show is that i feel like he is like obviously he's the nice gay kid at school right but i don't feel like his sexuality excluding this episode because it's talking about the realities of the challenges of being the gay kid in this small town is i feel like his relationship isn't uh or his relationships aren't treated differently um than the straight characters for the most part like it's not treated as like um you know uh tokenism usually anyway because i i I really like the relationship he has with his with his father um sheriff keller who is definitely not my favorite character in the context of the broader show Mm -hmm. but i really really like the portrayal of their relationship and uh jeremy i'm interested to hear hear your thoughts on that on sheriff keller and his reaction or yeah yeah and i guess i guess my thoughts on how kevin is treated overall uh Again, I just felt like um, Sheriff Keller's reaction, like, it was a reaction based on what Betty told him. And, mm. you know, and I just, I feel, I still feel like the whole entire storyline comes off as slut-shaming a little bit. You know, the fact mm. that, you know, Kevin is exploring his sexuality a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, I don't know, I just felt like he was getting punished for it at the end of the day. I mean, I feel like I feel like with his father's reaction, though, it definitely isn't like he's punishing him for that or that he's judging him for what he's doing. I think it's more that he's just scared, you know, for, like, for what he's, for not what he's doing, but where he's doing it. Right. I, I feel like in the context of parenting, it's like, you know, he was a good parent, but, I don't know, I just feel like in the broader context with, like, everything else that was going on within this episode. Sure. I don't know, I just still feel like... You know, like, oh, I feel like the big lesson at the end of it was like, oh, don't sleep around with people in the woods, which you should not do, children. That is not good. You should at least be safe and wear condoms. (laughs) (laughs) But see, like, that's my point. It's like, I don't feel like that's a bad message. I don't feel like it's bad that he's exploring his sexuality. It's bad that he's meeting older men in the woods and considering getting in their cars. Don't do that, kids. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... But I don't know. I, 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 I'm hoping that maybe they'll explore this like later on with like, you know, his relationship with Betty, you know? Oh, I'm sure they will. Maybe Betty will like realize like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have slut shamed him so much. Cause like, I did like that like little exchange at the end where like Kevin like turned away. 
but he kind of he goes after her just a little bit too with her her dark betty bdsm bdsm shit you know oh yeah that was awesome um yeah <laughs> yeah right like i because that's that's i love that about that scene right that he his whole thing is that like you know even you being you know the straight laced you know buttoned up girl you still get to explore every side of your sexuality however you want to and i'm mm. being demonized for it yeah exactly and i don't know i just feel like you know i feel like this is a big problem with like teen tv in general um Ooh. i feel like there's like the characters are always like portrayed as like you know like oh you're either the um you're either the virgin or you're the person who sleeps around there's never like an in-between type of area because at the end of the mm-hmm. day i feel like heaven does want to find a soulmate but right mm-hmm. now he's just a little bit you know he's a little bit busy trying to like explore himself a little bit there's even there's even a gay dating app right now i think it's called shabby i believe if you know google that if you feel free to <laughs> but like you could actually like change your status you could do um you could put that you're looking for mr right or you can look or you can point that you're looking for mr right now so it's like they did i i feel i feel like betty did bring up a, a gay dating app she in does the, in the yeah, episode rhymes um <laughs> yeah Ooh. yeah 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 because yeah, right. i can't say the real name of this thing. right right <laughs> Yeah, and he says, like, nobody is who they say they are on that, so... Yeah. You know, it's it's way more honest to just meet strangers in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always go on grind them when I watch The Bachelorette every Monday, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I love how barely even trying they are to, like, hide what they're talking about. It's great. Yeah. Um, but before we move off of Kevin, I did want to talk about, um, you know, the scene that we got between Kevin and Moose which I think mm. to Jeremy's point does really reinforce that I think Kevin really does just kind of want mm. to find a soulmate, but mm. I think that that's just like not really an option for him. You yeah. know, like the two of them clearly have uh, an intimacy that Moose can't admit to, yeah. you know, for, for whatever reason, for whatever societal pressures, he's not ready to come out of the closet and he's not um, trying to push Kevin away. You know, he says like, stay or come back and we can talk like he is definitely trying to like he clearly cares about him but he's not willing to be honest and and enter a relationship with him which is what i think kevin really needs it was basically the whole moment like i am you now yours does anybody get that reference buffy the vampire slayer no (laughs) (laughs) i I got like wicked vibes about that because like the characters willow and tara on buffy who are you know in a lesbian relationship like right, yeah a very similar like you know storyline happens right there we're like you know hmm. willow's just like i just want something that's you know mine and then tara's like i am you know yours i got wicked vibes <laughs> from that scene from watching that particular moment but anyway so can we have a ship name for kevin and moose Coos? I was just thinking that. That's <laughs> cute. Mevin. Mevin? I like Coos better than Mevin. Cavoose. What's what's Kevin's last name? Keller. What's Moose's last name? Do we have does Moose have a last name? He definitely has one, but I have no yeah. idea what it is. <laughs> huh. Yeah, Coos isn't Mooser. bad. <laughs> Mooser. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, while we're on the subject of Moose, I did want to use that as a kind of a transitioning point into talking about what's going on with Archie and uh, his, like, fucking personal militia that he's building here in this episode. (laughs) Uh, The fucking Minutemen of Riverdale. Uh, So, 
Um, you know, Archie's kind of sleuthing when he visits Moose, and he kind of confirms his suspicion that they were attacked by the same guy. And uh, he's really starting to kind of piece together the puzzle, which uh, we get revealed to us later anyway, un- unfortunately for him. But, um, you know, I- there was one thing from that scene that really stuck out to me, which was, you know, one of the only lines that Midge has had in the entire se- series so far. But um, talking about his eyes, right? And she says they were blank. They were like, there wasn't even a person behind them. He was like Michael Myers. He had the devil's eyes. It's just like, I love the mythology that they're building up around this guy. <laughs> mm. I worry we're going to be real disappointed by it. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> the one that I feel like they're putting so much emphasis, granted Midge didn't see his eyes, but they're putting so much like emphasis on the fact that he has green eyes. So like, I feel like I can't even like, make a suspect out of any of the characters that are on the show because i don't believe any of them have green eyes so yeah i feel like it's just gonna be end up being a random character and i just i hope it's not gonna be disappointing that's yep and that's what we've been saying for like episodes now is like every time i ask like who do we think it is it's like i don't think it's anybody that we know (laughs) yeah you know so it's like so who the fuck is it like (laughs) well and the thing that the thing that frustrates me about archie is like he keeps insisting that it's a hood and not a ski mask and every every time we see the guy in the hood, it's like, dude, bro, that's a ski mask. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's a hood with a t-shirt on his face, Kale. It's just like, I cannot tell the difference. It's definitely, they're trying to just hammer home that, that old school reference. This show definitely yeah. likes to yeah, make yeah. some Easter egg drops like that. Yeah. But um, can we talk a little bit about the black hood for a second, though? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, from my Wikipedia research, apparently the Black Hood is actually a vigilante, kind of like the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that on the episode with Olivia a little bit. Yeah, he was he was an Archie comic superhero, basically. Yeah, okay. So, I'm just starting to wonder, like, could it be possible the Black Hood isn't actually that bad of a guy? Like, Well, I think he... He definitely is a bad guy, but it's yeah, just like, but you know, like, at the end of the day, like you know, who did, he killed a pedophile for one thing. Talking mm-hmm. about Geraldine Grundy, <laughs> and you know, Grant said Freddie Andrews. So that was probably like you know, really shitty judgment right there because Freddie Andrews is awesome. But you know, that's yeah, that's my thing. Is like I feel like he's like got this like twisted like Christian moralistic value yeah. system that he's judging people by and yeah. trying to play judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, he might be taking it too far with like some might particular be. individuals. <laughs> <laughs> he shot two teenagers. People, in are, gonna, a bar. people are gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "This guy is like condoning murder." <laughs> this guy is a I fucking vigilante him. sympathizer. <laughs> no, he's taking it very far, for the record. But, uh, but, but like, I'll give know. you Miss Grundy, but... <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like he did do... I mean, he shouldn't kill anybody, but I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, he did have good intentions by killing Grundy, for example. So I guess. I uh, guess, yeah. I so, mean... <laughs> I'm just wondering, maybe he definitely thinks he has good intentions, and maybe he actually... Oh, for is, sure. You know... Maybe he's going to be a good guy at the end of the day. Like, I just imagine him teaming up because apparently the Black Hood no way. is also a member of the Red Circle, which is the militia that Archie forms. Bum, bum, bum. So... Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that this is just another example of 
what Riverdale is in general, which is like holding up a twist, like a spooky haunted house mirror to the Archie universe, you know? Mm -hmm, I think it's just like its version of like twisting these characters into something a little bit more sinister. Right. Because, like, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be any redemption for this guy because he, he fucking shot children. And Fred Andrews, who's a great guy, like you said, you know, it's like he, he says in his, uh, in his letter, right? I shot, you know, the adulterer, the, a child predator, predator, and sex and drug addicted teens. One of those things is really bad, and the other two are just like lifestyle choices that I think you need to get over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're right. But so he's ready to stone the children. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But I don't know. I did. Uh, I did want to take an opportunity here before we move on from this, real quick, to just like uh, give a little shout out to Alice Cooper, who's like kind of like uh, she's like winning me over a little bit this season because she was the <laughs> fucking worst in season one and i have to admit maybe olivia was a little bit right because i had some respect for her whole the mayor and sheriff trying to bury the story and she's just like fuck you it's already on the front page. i love that like, <laughs> yeah but but also like her her whole thing at the end of episode two was like oh well congratulations buddy you've just reintroduced all of the crime back into riverdale it's like <laughs> she's she's such a bitch like <laughs> Thanks, mom. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I uh, do. I I was I was just thinking, and uh, Pete, you just watched it, right? The episode. Yeah, I watched it earlier today. Did uh, what what were the order of events here? Did Betty bring uh the letter that was on her porch to her mom, and then her dad came in later? So what happened is Betty goes to leave for school. She brings in the thing. And then when she comes home from school, her dad and mom are like at the coffee table looking at everything. Yeah. Okay. With the sheriff. No, that's just at their house. They don't talk to the sheriff and the mayor until later. Yeah. So sometime between that and that's when she decided to say like, oh, let's run this and publish it on the front page of the paper. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's like hours later. Yeah. So she had enough time to write up her, her expose. As it were, I, I, I was wondering about the 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 sequence of events there because uh, I was thinking that maybe Betty's dad had come in after she brought in the envelope. So I was sort of developing a theory that it might be the hood might be uh, Betty's dad. Does he have green eyes? <laughs> That's yeah. the question. That's yeah. the million dollar question. I don't know. I feel like he has blue eyes. I think he does. <laughs> but a motherfucker could buy contacts. We don't know. Yeah. That is a possibility. Yeah. I was actually thinking that. Like, oh, maybe, like, you know, he is wearing colored contacts, like, trick people, because I don't maybe know. Maybe that's why yeah. his eyes look so soulless. He he and his wife apparently run the only newspaper in Riverdale, so he can probably afford contacts. <laughs> <laughs> Newspapers are a dying print industry. I'm sure they're not making that much money. <laughs> only one newspaper in Riverdale, but two high schools. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you with have the blue both. and gold and whatever the with with newspaper. yes with two newspapers, <laughs> so a lot of journalism in that town. Exactly. Uh. Um. So I guess before we move on from the Coopers, we can talk about Polly, who was a character that exists. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's back finally after her absence that we all forgot about. <laughs> I'll admit, I thought she, you know, it's been a while since I watched season one, but, like, I thought she, like, left town or something, like, at the end. No, she's, just, like, upstairs. 
And then all of a sudden, like, oh, she's here? She's been living with them this entire time? Like, where has she been? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she decides she's going to leave town uh, because she's, quote, an unwed mother carrying my cousin's babies. I'm the poster child for sin. Which was just a tool to write her off the show. And, you know, she leaves without telling her parents. I... I, so I have two thoughts on this. Either they did that so they could just like acknowledge that she's not on the show anymore and we don't need to worry about her or that she's going to like get killed. Mm. Now, I, I heard she has definitely given birth to the baby this season at some point. Oh, okay. Yeah, All surely right. they're surely they're not going to let the baby die. Yeah. That would be a little much. Which, by the way, <laughs> I don't know if you heard this theory, but the theory that's going around right now is that the baby is that, um... What what the fuck's her name? Polly. Polly's baby is actually going to end up being Sabrina. What? Yeah, that's no, the theory. That that's the no. fan theory that's going around Tumblr right now. And that um and that both Cheryl and Betty are going to be the ants that Sabrina moves in with later in life. No, that's some fan fiction shit. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the theory that's going around right now. Like, there's this video. I don't. I, I watch it. I don't think it has too much weight, but it tries to say that Alice is like secretly a witch, and there's. You know, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that. I have to find it and track it down. But it, you know, it was pretty convincing, honestly. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't think it's going to happen, personally. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're going to actually do magic in Riverdale. I feel like if anything, we'll get like a small crossover where Sabrina shows up or something. But yeah, like, yeah, they don't know that she's a witch. <clears throat> They'll they'll probably do what they did with Arrow and the Flash and give her like a an mm-hmm. episode right. or two and then branch Spin out for off. The, the whole show. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, or even with, like, Pretty Little Liars and, like, that spinoff of the show, the spinoff Ravenswood, which only lasted one season. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, Ravenswood delved into, like, the supernatural elements as well, but, you know, it was a spinoff with, like, you know, characters from Pretty Little Liars that moved into that show, but they never, right. like, addressed, like, events from either one. So the understanding was, yeah. like, yeah, it's in the same universe, but, you know. So I feel like Riverdale can still be ground in reality a little bit, and then Sabrina yeah. will just be its own separate thing. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what we're gonna see. Yeah. Um. If I if I had to bet, you know, because they've already acknowledged that Greendale is the town over, and that's where Sabrina lives, right? That's where Grundy yeah. was hiding yeah. out. So, yeah. um, I think we're definitely gonna get some connection, but I don't I don't think we're gonna see like true magic in this universe or that. Yeah, like, I don't think so. Or either. that they're gonna introduce Sabrina as a baby now. It's like, <laughs> then how do you have the Sabrina show? That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's why I said I don't know how they're gonna do that unless like they make the Sabrina take place in the future and have like older actresses play Cheryl and Patty. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems like way too much effort. <laughs> um So uh, I wanna take it back to uh to the stuff going on with Archie and Veronica, because there's a lot there that we didn't dig into. Um so you know, like we said, it seems like Veronica is at least trying to make some kind of an effort to to give her dad a chance, right? To prove what his intentions are and if he's really willing to make an effort to be her father. Um, so he meets the kids and it goes smoothly-ish, I guess. <laughs> it goes. <laughs> he legit encourages Archie to like take matters into his own hands um, and then doubles down on that later, which we'll touch on more. <laughs> But, um, so, you know, he invites Archie over for that super uncomfortable dinner, and, you know, Hermione is, like, very cagey about this, the whole episode, right? Like, she says not to push it, she says that there's no need to be thirsty, you know, like, Ooh. she's throwing a lot of shade at, at <laughs> Veronica about about this. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we, we do finally get 
to that dinner later, you know, Veronica says that she sees this as like a test for Hiram, you know, like if he can really be a normal dad and put her, you know, needs first, right? And meet her boyfriend and and be normal, right? My guess was no. My guess was right. <laughs> Hiram, I think, definitely like is a pretty interesting character in my mind. You know, like he's definitely portrayed as being a lot more sinister than we've really seen. You know, like we know he's been responsible for a lot of th- negative shit, but we haven't really seen the claws come out, you know? And I feel like we've seen a couple of these little threats that he's made. You know, he's definitely scares Hermione. Um, but I thought his his whole angle with Archie and, you know, trying to militarize this neighborhood watch group is something that I think is really interesting. You know, so what do you guys think is going on here? I was personally wondering, like... Does does Hiram have something against the Black Hood? That you know, the fact that he's like you know going out of his way to really try to tell Archie, hey, you got to form this militia to try to get rid of them. Yeah, and and the fact that he's trying to like get Archie on his side, right? Like, yeah. well, let's have a man to man chat. We let's respect each other. You know, I know that you were sneaking in the room. Don't hurt my daughter. Also, attack the Black Hood yeah. with his tactics of terrorism. <laughs> which, which brings me back to my original theory. I think the Black Hood might actually be like a decent person, you know, somewhat decent person with like really fucked up morals. You're really <laughs> apologizing for the child murder. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't murder a child. He tried! What? Attempted murder. <laughs> so the attempted he murder it. of an innocent young gay man, Jeremy. That's a hate crime. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like Hiram has like, you know, something a little bit more going on. Like, you know, he definitely has something against the Black Hood that we have yet to find out. So I was wondering, I was wondering if maybe he's trying to get Archie hurt. Yeah. I, think, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, the Black Hood is being painted as, like, the worst villain, but I feel like maybe there's, like, something bigger at stake here, and I think that might be Hiram. I, I definitely think Hiram is the bigger evil here. I I just sure. think that... I I don't think he cares about the Black Hood. I, because if, if I'm recalling correctly, what he told Archie was to strike fear. He didn't say go out and find the Black Hood and hurt him. He said, "You you should fight fear by striking fear." Right. Yeah. And, right. And I think I think Archie turned that into "We're gonna find you. We're gonna hunt you." Um, I I I would agree that he probably has something against Archie and probably Fred. Uh, but I I don't think he cares about the Black Hood, unless it's gonna get him something. Okay. And that's that's the interesting question. It's right is like, is there an angle where it does? Yeah, you know, is this? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe he thinks he's next on the chopping block, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Ah, see, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fear. I don't think man it's like fear that, either. Man like that doesn't have fear. But maybe it's pragmatism, right? I don't know. I I, I feel like he's definitely the one holding all the pieces though, and playing, you know. Yeah. playing risk with everybody right moving the pieces around yeah. so yeah i definitely think we're gonna see him emerge as that character behind the curtain yeah i think we're all in agreement on that that pyram's definitely yeah he's off to something <laughs> for sure <laughs> um so i we talked about this a little bit but i do want to kind of like 
touch a little bit more on uh, on what's going on with the Red Circle, right? So Archie starts this neighborhood watch group with some of the football players, some other buff dudes, and, you know, local gun-fucking-selling teenager, Dilton Doily. Um, and, like, where did that come from? What the <laughs> fuck? I mean, we knew he had a gun in the first He's a season. Boy Scout, like... Yeah, and an arms dealer. <laughs> this is edgy Riverdale, man. <laughs> yes, I guess. Can we talk about how, like, you know, this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like the really subtle pop culture references that I didn't want to spoil earlier. But like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to touch on that. So um, the, the whole, history of the Red Circle. Yeah, Red, the whole Red Circle name, for instance. Archie literally came up with that because he saw a comic book and was like, oh, Red Circle, that's cool. So, how come nobody else on the team is actually questioning the fact, like, oh, yeah, we're the Red Circle. That's a cool name. Let's move with it. Nobody is questioning, like, why we're being called that. And even at the end, like, they're all wearing, like, those red ski masks and they're all shirtless. Why isn't anybody <laughs> questioning that? Because what? RG's in charge. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think everybody's questioning it. But, like, especially at the beginning, like, it, it seems clear enough that everybody is just kind of looking at it like oh that's a really nice like superhero inspiration thing right you know it's like if i started like a neighborhood watch group called the avengers <laughs> you know? I, I don't even think anybody else knows the reference you know i mean it's I, not I, clear uh i think archie and fp are the only people we've seen with comic books in this uh in this show so far yeah, and I mean, like, this is, like, a deep-ass comics reference, yeah. you know? Like, I, I definitely yeah. don't think that... I don't think we're supposed to have the impression that they all know what's up. I think it's just, like, Archie gets that inspiration there. Um, but just for those who don't know, like, the the uh, these Red Circle comics were actually real comics. You know, mm-hmm. Red Circle comics was uh, an Archie imprint that um, published, like, non-Archie stories, mostly about superheroes, you know, in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. So that comic that we saw there um, was actually legitimately... Uh, a real old school Archie book, and any of those superheroes are generally referred to as like Red Circle superheroes, right? So there's a little bit of comic book history for you. Yeah, it was definitely a really good reference, and I feel like you know Archie fans would appreciate. But you know, mm. it's fun because I don't really know the history of Archie, so whenever there are these little things, I'm always like, that's got to be something from the comics, and I love going mm. and like finding out the the history behind. Yeah, it, that's you know? what I do too. Like you know, because like I said, I never read the comics in my life, but like I always like you know, I always question everything. I'm like, oh, this, this is a reference to something. Let's look it up real quickly. <laughs> Jeremy, you should definitely read the new Riverdale comics. I think you'd like them. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I think the be... Archie comics. There yeah, is yeah. a there is a Riverdale series that's based on the show, but we're talking about the Archie comics. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a universe called New Riverdale that's like started in 2015, so there's only like you know two years worth of them. And that's um, what the show is supposed to be based on, right? Like the the New Riverdale. Loosely. Not yeah, not really. Okay. It's like definitely not the same exact tone, but it's got all the same yeah. teen drama. So. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It's not as Twin Peaksy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's my fave. All right, I'll consider it. <laughs> um. So then, before before we get to the fucking you know end of of what went on with the red the red circle that we teased, uh, we did see them kind of take on their first case. Uh, Archie picks up Reggie and they're rolling around in his Batmobile, and uh, we get a call from Ethel, you know, who is being followed by someone in a van, or so she thinks. She's about to be barbed. <laughs> I was literally about to make that same pun. <laughs> it's, a, it's such easy pickings. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know if that was supposed to be like a nod to that or 
whatever, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But um, I thought that was weird just because, like, if, you know, what what is her sin? What's Ethel's sin? Uh Yeah, yeah. This, well, refresh my memory here. Didn't he uh come up to her and offer a ride? No, that was the guy in Kevin's uh dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, yeah, I remember that. I don't think yeah, he approached she's just, her. She's just walking, and the sa- the van comes up behind her, and she she recognizes that she's being followed, and that's it. She calls Archie. I see. I I wonder if there was ever a danger there because what's her sin? Like, I mean, I mean, other than the fact that the dude's a murderer, but like, you know, if he was following her, trying to figure out who she was, oh, is this a a, a target I can hit? Oh, okay, never mind. And he took off. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what to think about that. Not to go back to the whole slut shaming fiasco, but, like, wasn't she in that book from season one? That's true, that's true. I don't know if the yeah. killer could potentially be doing a little bit of slut shaming right there. Well, that's, yeah, that's his whole fucking jam is slut shaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in which case, if he's slut shaming, then, like, I completely take back everything that I said about That's what him. he's doing, Jeremy! He's killing people who have sex! <laughs> <laughs> but or like you know everybody could just be wrong about the fact that like you know oh he's killing people who are morally wrong like he wrote a letter he confessed <laughs> that's right let's ignore that cut that out <laughs> that's his motive yeah you're like god does he even watch the show <laughs> <laughs> no you're just you're just weirdly apologetic about a murderer <laughs> So I had this I had this thought earlier, uh, Jeremy. You you mentioned that when you did your research, you you found out that the uh, the black mask was actually um, part of the red circle in in the comics. Yeah. Um. Is it possible that one, it could be someone in the red circle, Ooh. which would mean it's one of these buff, oiled up football dudes. <laughs> <laughs> furthered by the slut shaming episode where they have the book so he would know about the book Ooh, <laughs> see i i'm not i think that's a that's an astute observation and i wonder if there's a connection there i mm. don't think he's one of the kids because he looks like an adult man yeah he kind of does yeah mm. based on his eyes but then again maybe they just got an older dude for that particular that's yeah <laughs> that it, it could episode. just be the perception of him like yeah that's that's totally possible but if i had to guess i i wonder if maybe there's a connection to one of the kids in the group versus yeah it actually being yeah. one of them um but that's 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 definitely an interesting observation yeah i like that theory <laughs> so then you know archie shoots a fucking terrorist video to wrap up yeah. the episode that was bananas it was really intense and i like, was like dude uh, in my notes i literally just wrote shit is getting real as fuck this season you guys from, <laughs> like we've seen a lot as we as riverdale has progressed for me that was the moment that i went dude riverdale what the fuck <laughs> Did Archie literally say, okay, all of you, you have to take your shirts off, like, you know, rub yourself in oil, and then put these Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just want to show how tough we are. <laughs> you see how much my abs glisten? You can't fuck with this. Not all of them had their shirts off, though. Didn't some of them have shirts on? Yeah, it was just the really confident guys. <laughs> Which one of, yeah, one of, them, uh, one of them had, like, a tank top, and it was, he was weirdly placed in the front. 
It was super weird the entire thing, but like the the language that Archie used was like I was like this is straight up some terrorist video shit. We are legion. We will find you. We will yeah. hunt you, and we will end you. <laughs> like, what is everybody Direct gonna say quote. about this? Like, I I'm sure Fred Andrews is gonna have some words. Archie, you're a 16 year old kid shooting a terrorist video in your garage. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and like honestly and why does I everybody like, have their shirts off like what are you doing i i think the principal is gonna get in trouble for uh supporting them you know like he stuck his neck out and was like oh they're just you know there's nothing wrong with them wanting to protect each other and it's like a school sanctioned group and now they're fucking terrorists <laughs> it's fine they're you know what they're, they feel more like counter terrorists you know it's not as bad yet yeah yeah not as bad yet yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for for danger here. I do support yeah. counterterrorism as well, in addition to you know people killing people. <laughs> I, I I I don't. I'm not against counterterrorism. You know, <laughs> neither am I. I. I thought I thought it was interesting though, right? Like he's like we're not vigilantes, you know, like we're we're a neighborhood watch group, and then it's just like, and now we're shooting a fucking terrorist video. <laughs> All right, okay, this escalated real quickly, Arch. However, did anybody else notice at the very end when Hiram was watching the video and then he spun around in the chair? His fucking evil smirk, yeah. yeah like, yeah. yeah, definitely puppet master. What is this he situation. thinking? Is he thinking, like, ooh, I'm getting my way? Or is he thinking, or is he actually the Black Hood? I don't think that's. I don't think, no, I don't think that's the case. Again, like, based on the actor that is playing him, he looks like an older white dude. And he, yeah, he, he seems like he's got a little bit more of a, a build. He's husky. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would call it husky, but more, more built. You know, it's stock, stocky, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like Hiram's definitely like a little more uh, svelte looking. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not thinking too much about like the build of the guy because I feel like they can just change that at any time. Like, yeah. and, I, and I feel like we're yeah. gonna get pissed off later and be like, like, what is this? Like, this person's like five foot two, and this is the killer. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're getting we're getting close to the end here, but uh, before we do that, we do have a little bit more to talk about uh, what's going on with with Jughead and uh, and his storyline moving forward. So um, you know, as he was threatened, he does end up getting jumped, right? Um, which broke my fragile little heart. And uh, he lies about it to Betty, obviously, and you know, Tony reinforces that Betty assumes correctly what happened but trusts him, so him betraying that trust makes that even worse. And uh, I don't like this, guys. It's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, we we knew something like this was going to happen in season two. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think at, at some point she'll do the exact same thing to him, and either they'll apologize to each other and get over it, or they'll break up. They'll break yeah. up, and then Jughead will have his asexual coming out story. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... I I think I think this this is just another right like he accepts his status as a serpent now at this school to protect himself and I feel like this is another example of what we've been talking about this season where like one of the themes of his storyline seems to be like he owes a lot of favors to the serpents now and these are going to get called in sooner or later and I I wonder where that's going to take him jail probably jail <laughs> something like that but i wonder if it's gonna have a deeper connection to some of the other stuff that's going on 
You know, like like this whole like they've been pushing this narrative with the jingle jangle. We now find it's the connection to the ghoulies. Like there, this other side storyline is developing, and I wonder if these are going to eventually converge, like the storyline did in season one, or if we're going to see more side stories because we have a longer season uh, to work with. Huh. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Do you think any of this is going to be connected to the Black Hood, or do you think this is just kind of something else developing? I think it's a separate storyline, personally. I don't know. I mean, yeah, little little bit of both. You know, I think it's too early to, to really say. I feel like it's fascinating on its own, honestly. Like, you know, yeah. seeing how Jughead changes, so... I don't know. You know, maybe eventually it could be connected to the larger storyline with the Black Hood, but I don't know. I feel like it has a lot of potential on its own as a storyline. Just I, to see yeah, it fall out I agree for sure. I think if I can say anything about this season so far, it's that I'm interested in where every character's story is going right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and like my biggest complaint yeah. is that I want more of some characters, and that's a good thing. Because it's mm-hmm. not that I want less of others; it's that I wish there was more time in every episode. You know. Like, I want some more time with Cheryl's story. I want to see that develop more. I want to see, you know, more of uh, Josie, who's another character I feel like was pretty underserved. Oh, Josie, love her. Um, and I think both her and Kevin are supposed to be upgraded to, uh, like, series regulars or whatever this season. So I'm hoping that we'll get some more of that as well. Definitely. So any closing thoughts on Chapter 16 uh, before we wrap up this episode? Stop slut shame and Kevin, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see where that relationship and that like fight and argument ends up going. I I don't think I don't think Kevin is the the type of person to to really really hold a grudge. I feel like they'll probably uh you know, they'll probably have have to have some space for a couple episodes, but I don't think it'll be anything too major. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I feel like they're very tight, and I feel like he's understandably frustrated and upset with her, but yeah. I, I don't see it being something that's going to like majorly affect their relationship long term. Yeah, but I am interested to see what happens in between and see how like long it takes. I mean, I got the impression from the that scene between them at the end that like Betty feels bad and realizes that... that she was unfair to him. So I, I'm imagining that she's ready to apologize and it's just mm. going to be a matter of when he's ready to hear that apology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope so. That's, that's, that's my prediction anyway for next week. I feel like we're going to, I feel I feel like we'll definitely get an update on that sooner rather than later. As long as yeah. we see Kevin in more episodes. I think he, he was a teaser for this upcoming week. I think Do not quote me on that. I think, I think you're right. I think you are right on that one. I so. haven't read anything specific about storylines or anything like that, but I think he at least shows up in at least one scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got we've got a plot laid here between him and Betty, so I, I'm, I'm positive that that's going to have to get more attention. You know, I, I don't think that they're just going to, like, have him be pissed off and not around for several episodes or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get a follow-up on this uh, soon. Yeah. Cool. All right, so that's going to wrap up the conversation here on the Riverdale Review. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us here in the booth this week. Thank you for having me. I'm going to watch The Matchelorette on the DVR now. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> While hooking up on Grindum. <laughs> so uh, one more time before we jump, can you just tell the listeners at home where they can find you on the interwebs, where they can read your writing? Okay, well, I actually wrote this out. 
when I am not watching Riverdale, you can check out my work and the amazing work of many others in the Philadelphia Gay News, where you can read about LGBT news in Philadelphia and the surrounding area. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The handle is at Philly Gay News. You can also follow my personal social media handles. On Twitter, it is at Rodriguez Jeremy. Instagram, it's the same thing with an underscore at the end because the Rodriguez Jeremy was already taken on Instagram. I'm honestly surprised you have that on Twitter. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I know. I was really happy. Well, I signed up for Twitter like really early when nobody else was using it. So, you know, I was lucky in that. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode. Yeah, and uh, for we would definitely me. love to have you back sometime. Um, Maybe next time there's a big uh, a big Kevin episode, we'll let you come on and rant again. Oh, please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that is going to wrap it up here for the Riverdale Review. Thank you again for joining us here in episode three. Remember, if you guys want to get in touch, you guys can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com and have your thoughts right on the air about uh, what you're thinking about Riverdale as it's developing. Or you can connect with us on social media at thecomicspals, anywhere your social media is sold, or, you know, just get us in the comments below. And uh, if you guys want to help out the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you guys would give us a like on whatever platform you're listening to us. Subscribe, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you're at. And as always, share the show with your pals so they can become our pals too. So we'll see you guys next week. And uh, Pop, you can use that check.